Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt Emily. Welcome back to our podcast, everyone. Um, you're, you're either here for the first time or you're back. I don't know. It has to be one of those two things. Matt, Matt, Matt. Yeah. Matt. Mm-hmm. Could you, you know, let's say someone's listening for the first time. Let's say someone's a repeat listener and they just listen to so many podcasts and, you know, yeah. they don't really know what they're wa- they're listening to watching. Yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit about? Yeah. Um, I mean, I will add that we occasionally we, we make no sense. So like, even if someone's listened to one of these before, they might be like, is that what it's always like? And, and maybe, you know, it's, it's not always like that. This is the podcast, the premier podcast about tea and friendship. So the two things this podcast is about as far as I'm concerned and anyone else is concerned. Um, what, what do we do? Well, we, uh, occasionally Emily and I just chat with, with each other. Spoiler alert this week, we have a guest. I'm not going to mention their name yet. Every that's, that's a total surprise for about three minutes from now. <laughs> um, we drink tea with, uh, friends. Uh, we, we're, we're all, we're, um, we're remotely doing this. We are socially distanced right now. So we are drinking three separate teas. I'm pretty sure none of us have any overlap. We'll find that out too in about five minutes. <laughs> um, and uh, and then those those guests they will bring to us a mystery topic, a topic that Emily and I have had no time to prepare for. Uh, we are using our improv skills. Um, we are a couple of improvisers. Our guest, maybe they're an improviser. I haven't introduced them yet, so I'm not going to say whether they can do improv or not. But maybe they can. We've had some non-improvisers. Yeah. We've had some musicians on here that weren't improvisers. Maybe at someday we'll have a musician on here that is also an improviser. We'll can, see. Can I, can I just say, I, uh-huh. just, I just want to jump in and say that, you know, I think we're all improvisers. Um, we're just going through life, making it up as we go. Um, okay. And that's the beauty about improv because it, you know, it reflects life. Wow. Fascinating. I don't think most people can do improv, but I do think a lot of people improvise. <laughs> Conflicting opinions. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt, well, I think we've done a good job um, introducing this, this show, but you've hinted at a, at a guest. Well, um, I ha- I've made passing remarks that sound like there may potentially be a guest on this episode. I've used some words like they, <laughs> um, which keeps it as vague as possible. I've never asked this person their, their pronouns. I think they're probably a he, him person, though. Um, at least I'd be a little embarrassed if I had been mistakenly doing this wrong the whole time. Please welcome to the podcast, Ben Tomasetti. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to be here. And you are correct on the pronouns. He, him, his. He, him, his. Um, I, I don't want to wade into any tricky territory, but why do people do the third pronoun? I get he, him. I fully, fully understand it. But is when it's his and like, I just don't understand the third one. I'm just a completionist. I'm just like, if there's a third option that I can throw an answer into, I'll do it just to have more information. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know that it's a, it's a set in stone type of thing. Um, but also there are people that use, I think, probably multiple variations of it. So yeah. they can have more nuance. Yes, I think, especially if you go outside of he, him, her, she, her, uh, you're going to have more variations in that third one. Um, I definitely, I, I've gotten accustomed to the saying, being able to say he, him and, you know, being considerate in that way. I just haven't figured out what the third one's for. 
Uh, well, before I get myself in deep water here, uh, welcome, Ben. Uh, Thank you. As far as I know, you do play music and um, improvise. So I was <laughs> bearing the lead there. <laughs> no, you, uh, you were definitely hitting it right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've improvised together, so you already knew that. I and um, I have been blowing up everybody's social media about music recently. So you probably know I'm a musician as well. So those two <laughs> things are true. I believe. For those, of, yeah. Go ahead. for those of us who don't follow you on social media and have never done improv with you, <laughs> what kind of what kind of music do you do? Um, well, the latest project is kind of like a, an instrumental, experimental kind of psychedelic rock indie type of deal. Um, I also work with you know other groups and things. I've gone from you know parody bands where it's like very '80s style. Um, to, you know, more folky kind of singer-songwriter stuff. But um, my latest album, uh, Faces on Trees, is kind of more of a psych- psychedelic, instrumental, sonic journey of moods. A sonic journey. What a description. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, ben, uh, ben reached out to me on Instagram. <laughs> and he's like, I have an album. Can I come on your podcast? And I was like, sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. That was about a month ago, <laughs> but we made it happen. <laughs> it flew by. It flew by. I didn't even think it was a week that flew by. Truly, truly flew by. It may have only been three weeks. It may not have been a whole month, but um, I know you asked me and it was like right before Emily and I recorded like our last episode or something. And I was like, oh, 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 I can't, can't guarantee right now. It'll have to be. Yeah. Um, anyway, glad to have you. I haven't seen or talked to you probably in uh, since before this, this little pandemic happened. <laughs> um, That's true. I've been like, so sad about improv in person and not really doing it. Um, I, mm-hmm. I would, I, I, I just like want to do improv in person with other people and that's that's where i'm at wow i did do i did in fact do that this afternoon so i i've I've experienced improv in person (laughs) salt in the wound matt come on prospect park is impossible for me to get through get to from my new apartment and it was also pretty impossible to get to from my old apartment um uh well well let's make it happen another time i'll I'll make it up to you Yeah, I know what you mean, though, Emily, because I'm the same way. I, I want to do the in-person improv. Um, I had actually not really been doing a lot of improv before the pandemic started. Like a short period, I kind of started focusing more on like sketch and music. But I didn't do any virtual improv, nothing to do with comedy this whole pandemic. So I'm very scared <laughs> to whenever I step into an improv you know, soiree uh, in person, I'm going to be so rusty. I'm just, it's going to be frightening. I will say I took, I took like six, I, I, I went from like March to like November without doing any. And then other than, I think Emily and I do a pretty good job imp- improvising on this podcast, but um, I hadn't done anything from that whole span. And then I took a class online and I was, I felt crazy rusty the first class. And then I was like, and then as like a couple of classes went by, I was like, oh, I'm, I still know how to do this. I'm still, <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> um, I will say I've done pretty consistently virtual improv this whole time. Um, although it, it kind of slowed down in April and I felt it in my soul. Generally, I describe myself as the most happy when I'm doing improv at least twice a week. Um, but um, it's, it's still, it's not the same. 
So I think, I think you're not going to be as rusty as you, yeah. Cause like, you can't like, sometimes I'll try to make myself stand up and do like improv virtually to like, like, like crouch away from the screen or something, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, yeah. I stand up when I do it. When I do virtual improv, I stand. <laughs> yeah. That seems like that would be the way to go. More energy, more. Cause for me, I had always relied on more like physical performance for improv um, because I don't think so fast as other improvisers, I guess. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy kind of being more physical and inhabiting a space in that way. And that's impossible on zoom for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited to do something like that again, but yeah, we'll see what yeah. that looks like. It's, it's nice that we're, I feel like we haven't talked about this aspect of it, like the whole time we've been in this pandemic, but like, I feel like we're finally on the way out a little bit. So uh, it's, this, is, this isn't such a sad conversation because it's kind of like with a hopeful eye to the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> knock, knock on wood. Oh man, my second person to tell me to knock on wood in two days. Because um, <laughs> like, well, apparently I'm being too optimistic. <laughs> I was born on Friday the 13th, so I knock on wood. I raise my feet when I drive over railroads. I don't know if anybody else does that or has even heard of that, but I do it. Every I didn't know about time. the the railroad thing. What do you railroads? What you do? What? So if if I drive over a railroad, if I'm in my car and I drive over the tracks, I lift my feet. Oh, I don't know where I got this from, but I do it habitually every single time, and it's a luck thing. Um, and like I said, being born on Friday the thirteenth, I just roll with it. Like, listen, I got to offset it somehow. This was um, uh, the most recent thirteenth uh, a couple of days ago. No, uh, May. Well, actually, yeah, yeah May a couple 13th. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was. Birthday. I thought you said Friday the thirteenth. Yes. Thank no, you no. so much. Yes, it was uh, just a few days ago. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I so I don't do it for luck, but I'm from Ohio originally, and when I drive back to Ohio, when we go through the tunnels, I try to hold my breath for as long as I can. I'm not the driver in this situation because <laughs> <laughs> some of them are too long, and like you, you just like can't do. You just asphyxiate. <laughs> Um, uh, shall we talk about some tea, Emily? Tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea. Talk. Talk. Don't, um, you interrupted my song. If there's any gap in talking, I have to fill it. That's the thing. So you had a pause there and I was like, pause has to be filled. But you didn't have to, you knew it was coming. I, I know, listen, like much like you hold your breath when you go into tunnels, I can't help but talk when other people are silent. <laughs> um, can I go first with my tea? Cause I've been not drinking it. So it wouldn't be on screen. Please drink your tea. Okay. I am drinking tea Tulia organic cold brew iced tea from a can. Wow. And I wanted to save the can reveal. I even muted myself earlier when I opened it. So you want to hear the telltale signs of can. Mm. Um, it's a signature black tea. Uh, it's ethically sourced, so that's good. Um, it's from, it was an add-on to my Misfits Market box. Um, wow. the, uh, the ingredients are water. I've never seen tea with that as one of the ingredients. It's <laughs> always just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Organic black tea. And then gluconut colonolactone i assume that's some sort of sugar <laughs> is it sweet i actually haven't had it yet oh. i've been I, I haven't been able to Ooh. drink it because i again the reveal of the can needed to be a reveal i didn't know if you were gonna like just block your face cam and have a little sip 
And then, by the way, I'm blocking my face cam, and there's so much detail in my fingers on this there thing. Truly, is. Yeah. Wait, I'm taking a sip. Uh, it's an a- H- HD webcam, just so we all. This is a fancy one. I didn't Oof. get close enough to actually black it out. Wow, those knuckle wrinkles are something else, mm. man. Uh, I yeah, I don't want to get into that, so we'll skip over that. <laughs> but Emily, how's your tea? <laughs> it's a little syrupy. Syrupy. Mm. Uh, in a sweet way or th- like a thickness way? Yeah, thickness way. I don't think it's it has thick. sweet. Whoa. I don't think it has sugar in it, but don't worry. I came prepared. I have sugar for it. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Putting sugar into a canned thing. <laughs> um, so I think it might be not like it's a cold brew. So it has some bubbles in it. Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, like is, carb- ju- is it carbonated or just I mean, lightly? It's not carbonated, but... I don't know. Maybe from being in a can. I don't know how canned things get canned. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm gonna take another sip. Please do. Um, so this is a uh, trying to think what this is. Okay, canned tea. I think that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> it's canned iced tea specifically. Um, it's a black tea. Um, it's not sweet. I would say. You know, I'm spoiling a little bit. If you were to drink it just like this, I don't know how good it is. I did mm-hmm. think about bringing a cup of ice over with it, but I was like, no, it's going to be cold anyways. I love putting canned things over ice. That's just a, a thing I'll do no matter what. It's like I somehow get a canned or bottled beverage. I'll normally uh, pour it into a cup of some kind if I'm home. If I, if mm-hmm. I have cups available to me, I will do I that. Think, I think that makes sense with like soda. But with iced tea, you don't want to get it too, too uh, watered down. That was my my concern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it could be less syrupy if you if it did water itself down. Mm. No, that's what I'm thinking now. If you're curious, I'm stirring my sugar into it. I'm going to go a little wow. further away from. Oh, microphone. we can hear it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was curious. Um, um, you know, uh, just like Matt was in the Boy Scouts, I always come prepared with sugar. Yeah. Um, um, I, I would say it did fizz up when I put the sugar in. Have you guys ever had cold brew things from a can before? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So sure. I've had it with coffee. So it's kind of like that. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, where it has a little bit of the fizz just from being, yeah. 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 It's um, pressurized, right? So it has to have something in it where, like, yeah. once you open mm-hmm. it, that's like what makes the sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's such a satisfying sound. All right. Oh. I'm going back in. Let's see what it tastes like with sweet and low mixed in into a cold beverage. I feel <laughs> like I'm always making a face, but. <laughs> it is better. Oh. But. Mm-hmm. But what? <laughs> I, can make, I can make better iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think if I, I'm, maybe at some point I'll ask to get up to go get a cup of ice. Uh, <laughs> if we take a little bit of a break, that could make it better. But I'd say right now it's like, it tastes like an iced tea you get from a store that's like been sitting there for a while. Okay. Like you go to a restaurant and you get iced tea and you it's can tell like it's- Pitcher in the back or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's mm. like too, it's too thick. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard iced tea described as too thick. So that's it's definitely not, weird. That's not really like, it's not thick. It's just like, it's more syrupy. That's it's yeah yeah I, I do have some copy for you, iced tea, get it in your mouth. 
Born in Bangladesh, made in Denver, we believe in doing things right. Try our award-winning hot teas and tea soda. Tea soda? <laughs> I gotta know more about this company. It's called Titulia. Titula? Titula? What do you guys think? How would you pronounce that? Titulia. Yeah, Titulia. Or Titulia. Titulia. It's from Denver. This is what we talk like in Denver. We eat a pizza pie here. Um, <laughs> and wait, does it taste like, does it just taste like black tea or yeah, it just tastes like generic black tea? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, should I just ask you the, the main question sure. we're here for? Sure. Uh, Emily, do you find this Titulia <laughs> iced black tea to be your cup of tea or conversely, not your cup of tea? Yeah, I would say it's not my cup of tea right now. Um, Definitely not when I first open it up. I think if they could put sweetener in it from the get-go, it would be more likely to be my cup of tea. Um, I think black tea, iced iced tea calls for sugar. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, all forms. I mean, some herbal tea is already pretty sweet, but I think if it's a black iced tea, it, it's got to get that sugar in it. Um, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the worst thing I've ever drank. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the slogan get it in your mouth i think that's a little aggressive um and denver so crazy um but it's pretty good okay but it's not it's not my cup of tea still great uh great (laughs) great that you have opinions (laughs) um okay uh moving right along uh ben you are also drinking a tea of some kind um let us uh share with us what tea you are drinking Yes, absolutely. So I am drinking a uh, double bag uh, hot tea of green decaf from Yogi Tea. Ooh. Um, I like to double the green tea because I really love the green tea flavor. Um, usually what I do is I do one calf, one decaf, but it's later in the day. I don't want to be up all night. You know what I mean? I woke up early this morning for the first time in a long time. So I might actually get to bed at a reasonable hour. Ooh, Hence neat. the decaf. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I'll probably be playing games on my phone till 2 a.m. Um, but it is very tasty. You know, having made it myself, I made it to my liking with a little honey, um, just a little bit. Uh and it's orange blossom honey, which I thought would taste like orange, but it doesn't <laughs> because they also have, we're, we're staying with um, some family and they have like a lemon infused tea or uh, honey. And I use that sometimes and it tastes like lemon. Yeah, you would expect. But the orange blossom is a specific type of honey that does not taste, taste anything like orange. It's just like uh, is it made from bees? Is it made from bees who pollinate orange blossoms? That would be my educated guess. Okay. But I, That's also I my educated guess. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's just a name. It's like, ooh, we can throw the word orange blossom on there and people are going to like the sound of that. But it's just regular honey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe try that one. That's got to have a nice little uh, citrus kick to it. I like my no. honey to be from Florida. So <laughs> <laughs> the Tallahassee tea. I mean, I don't honestly know where most honey comes from. Like, is there like, I mean, I know they come from bees, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if there's like a play, like a state that's like really known for its honey. Hmm. I would guess like a big state with a lot of warm weather. I mean, Florida is probably not a bad choice for this. 
but probably yeah. also a state where they don't grow much stuff like they're because you need the land to put the beehives on right mm. like you need flower and uh, flowers to be growing and land to exist i don't know anyone from anyone here from bee country please email us <laughs> i don't know anything about bee country but i did spend a lot of time this morning on tiktok which is not something i normally do but because on Twitter, I saw a video of this beekeeper lady. It, I've seen her videos multiple times. Have you seen her, Ben? Yes, I definitely yeah. have. Where she pinches the queen she with a little the, clip. Yeah, yeah. And she brings it to the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen um, pinching the queen. There, she has like this, she calls <laughs> her, her. That sounds she puts rude. Her, she puts the queen in the clip to protect the queen. Mm -hmm. um, I think I actually maybe have seen this like once at a glance. <laughs> um, but I, uh. So I went to actual TikTok to see more of her videos. <laughs> see more on actual TikTok. Um, <laughs> and while I didn't learn, she's in Texas. I did learn that mostly because all of her hives have like the sticker that says like Texas B or something. I don't know. Um, but I watched a lot of her videos and she had one that as a beekeeper, her job is to protect the bees and therefore she doesn't get the honey out of them. She protects the bees. Mm. That's, this is a uh, actually this is like a um, this is like an animal rights question is like a, and like a question that I've heard I'm not personally vegan but I've heard from I've heard from my vegan friends that there's like controversy sort of about whether honey is a vegan which I guess like it kind of isn't but it's also kind of a forgivable animal product but then also the flip side of it that honey production is you know provides like it's that's good for bees bees do like to make honey and bees are you know endangered or whatever or, or near threatened or whatever it is and so like by making beekeeping a thing it's like helping bees sort of <laughs> i could be wrong email us um, if we're wrong <laughs> um my friend who is vegan um noted podcast guest troy Mangandi, um i think he told me once that he doesn't avoid things with honey but he like doesn't buy honey himself i've mm. i've heard that very same thing from not troy but yet another vegan <laughs> oh there seems to be a pattern here yeah. now i i just want to go back a second because i do have a hunch about mm. where a lot of the honey comes from oh please tell kansas has sometimes been known as the beehive state Wow. I know this only because of an obscure Harry Nilsson song um, called The Beehive State. And so that would be my guess as to where the honey, most of the honey is coming from. Okay. 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 Gonna have to make a trip. <laughs> <laughs> or just wait for people to correct me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, could go, I have a bottle of honey. I could see where it's from, but I'm not going to go over there. <laughs> listen, I think we can all safely leave this podcast knowing that Kansas is where all the honey comes from. <laughs> if there's one thing I've, I've learned. Wow. That's it. We really pinched um, the queen on that one. Um, so, so Ben, I want to get back to your tea. We got a little off the rails there. Um, so you're drinking Yogi tea, decaffeinated green tea. Does it come with a Yogi post? A lot of times they come with a post. Ooh, tell yes, us what they say. I have two. Um, the first one says, let the opportunities come to you that's hmm. a good one that's a very good one wow interesting. although that's like just sit around and let, yeah. let it land in your lap so maybe that's, not a good one it's what maybe it's like it is it does sound lazy but maybe what it means is when the opportunity comes to you you take it because because it's come to you mm. so you should yeah. better act on it 
Yeah, it's a small piece of paper, so maybe they couldn't get all that on there. <laughs> You're supposed to so, read it, read read into the context clues of that one. Between the lines, although this one, this next one is kind of long, so <laughs> maybe that's wrong. All right, the unknown is where all outcomes are possible. Enter it with grace. Now, Whoa. I gotta honestly say, those sound like opposite things. Like one of them is wait for opportunities to come to you. The other is you won't find it you won't find interesting things until you go into the unknown. So you can't wait for the unknown to come to you. Into the unknown. You're either going to that unknown or sitting there waiting for the unknown to come to you. And I don't think that's whatever. Uh, yeah. This this does nothing for me. Thanks, Yogi T for nothing. Wow. <laughs> Net just zero. Very, pol very politician of them <laughs> to just cancel um, each other out. Um, so, so Ben, this is, is this a tea you regularly have? It sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do, so what, what would you describe your relationship to tea as? Oh. Is it like a, is it like a serious relationship, like casual? Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're in it for love. Um, oh. yeah, I, I am an avid tea drinker. Uh, I don't drink coffee anymore other than like some occasions. So my caffeine intake is purely tea. Um, that has been pretty much since college. I have had some bouts of major drinking of coffee as opposed to just tea exclusively, but I've always, green tea is kind of like the, the go-to, but there are also um, a lot of herbal teas in there. I like kava tea is one of my favorites. Cool. Uh, it helps a lot with stress and kind of, you almost get a little bit of a buzz off of it, which is fun. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about what this is? I don't know if I've ever heard of kava tea. Yeah, it's also a uh, yogi tea. Um, it's stress relief with kava. I think it's K-A-V-A. Um, and it's a specific, uh, I don't know if it's a flower or if it's an extract or something. I think it's an extract, but it essentially is one of the stronger kind of stress relieving, anxiety relieving uh, extracts you can get for tea. And, and there's places, uh, I'm not sure that they're still there, but in the city where you can just get kava drinks and kava extract. And it's kind of a little bit underground and there's some controversy around it, um, but I don't know what it is. So <laughs> I'm not going to light a fire just to light a fire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love tea. Uh, you know, at home, I have a whole shelf of the uh, pantry, just completely tea, uh, whether it's, you know, flavored green tea or loose tea. I do like some loose tea, um, though I always get a ton of flex. I don't know. Do you do you have either one of you like a tried and true method for loose leaf to not get a bunch of flex in your tea? Because I've you? tried every steeper in the land and I can't hmm. figure it out. So I often we buy um, like disposable tea bags to put mm. the tea leaves in. I think that's helpful. Although you got to get them really tight. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I have strainers that, and they're from like David's Tea and like tea shops, but they like go in your, I don't have one right next to me, but it's like, it sits on top of your cup. It's like a mini cup, but with like holes in it. Mm. I find that to be pretty effective. Yeah, have, there's yeah. there's definitely some that are better than others. And I got to try the um, the refillable uh, tea yeah. bag that you mentioned. I'll, I'll try that. I have uh, my my infusers come. I bought them 
like they're on Amazon and they're like little mesh things, but they're the really uh, fine holes in it, like uh, very small holes. So yeah, like nothing really gets out of them except for the water. Um, <laughs> and I, they were like, they're, they're honestly like great. Like they're pretty big too. So I can do like a whole pot of tea with them. Mm. Um, like I can put like, well, if I filled it all the way, it'd be like four tablespoons probably, but I'll usually put in like two and I'll do my pot and it like, you know, it expands in the little thing. But mm. uh, yeah, it's like finer than like a screen door or like a screen isn't even, that's like way bigger than the holes on this thing. They're like little <laughs> tiny holes on this thing. There's like a <laughs> so, name for it. I know what it's called. I, I can picture it. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, yeah. you know, if you, if you find it, get at me. Cause I need that. I have so much loose leaf tea that I'm just like. I'll send you, I'll send you a link off air. I do know how to find them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, Ben, I think I'm going to ask you the, our big question, which is, uh, and I think I know the answer, but <laughs> is Yogi's, Yogi Tea's green tea decaf uh, your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? It is my cup of tea. Wow. Brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Great to balance out the, uh, the negativity of Emily. <laughs> <laughs> now it's down to you to break the tie. It is down to me to find out, find out, is this a positive podcast or a negative podcast? <laughs> Matt, 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 mm -hmm, Matt, mm -hmm, Matt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, should we move on to the next segment? No. <laughs> okay. Hey Matt, what tea are you drinking today? Um, okay. I'm drinking a tea we've had, Emily and I have had this on the podcast before, but we had it as we traditionally on this podcast often have something hot and then say we should try it cold. Well, I try, I took something that we tried hot once or cold, and now I'm drinking it hot, which is the tea from two episodes ago. It is the Asian cherry blossom green tea. Um, so is a green tea with these, uh, uh, floral flavors to them that I got at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden during the like cherry blossom festival. Um, so Emily and I had this iced in the park. Now it's hot. <laughs> uh, and this is my first time making it hot. I have not had it since we had it um, as iced tea. Um, it is Sencha green tea, natural cherry flavor, and rose petals um, with some caffeine in it. Mm. Uh, I brewed, I also brewed two bags of this. Um, I went nuts. <laughs> um, Matt, how would you say this compares to the iced version? Oh, um, I think both are good. Um, as someone who prefers their tea hot, I'm probably enjoying this more, but I also really liked when we had it cold. So seems to me like it's a pretty good tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no sugar, no, no, no additives in this. This is just uh, water. Number one ingredient, water. <laughs> Number two ingredient, uh, cherry blossom, uh, Asian cherry blossom green tea. And uh, yeah, it's great. Do you get the hints of rose? It smells floral. I guess it's rose. I just drank a rose the other night too, by the way. You drank a rose? You heard me. Like you took <laughs> a rose and you drank it? Um, my drink had a rose frozen in an ice cube in the beverage. Whoa. So in fact, I did not consume the thing, but it did feel like drinking a rose <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not a podcast about that drink, but I do have some questions. Sure. Did the ice cube melt and was there a rose in your drink? Uh, yeah, so the rose, um, I will say, is not even... Like, they're definitely freezing it in a way where they're not completely encasing the rose in ice. Um, so there was some rose, like, sticking out the top of the ice cube. Um, I will say for anyone who wants to check this out, it is on my Instagram. I was going to ask, is this the one you posted the Instagram of? Because I... Because you what? I, I, I remember seeing it. It was mm. like a pink drink. Whoa. Interesting. Not, not going to be mad at me because I don't like, like it. it. Interesting yeah. lack of like from Emily on my thing. Uh, despite her mom. Um, hey, Emily's mom. Thanks for liking my thing. Um, <laughs> uh, it is on my Instagram. And yeah, it's like I'm a, showing it to Ben. Yeah, it's a little. Um, oh. Let's all hold it up so Ben can see all of our phones. Wow. Um, but it's nice because you can see like the texture of the rose because it is poking out of the top of the ice cube. See, I didn't picture a whole rose like that. I pictured like petals, but that's like yeah. an intact rose. Oh, well. the whole, it's the whole top of a rose in an ice cube. Um, I actually did not know that's how the drink was going to come. It is called the, the drink is called the Rose Garden. Um, and it has like flavors. It doesn't, doesn't taste, it actually does not specifically taste like roses <laughs> and i did not expect and like when i was reading the ingredient list i was like oh okay whatever but then it came out and i was like oh this thing has a frozen rose in it <laughs> rose um yep um good news everyone emily has liked the photo yeah I liked oh it just now. great wow. news um <laughs> turnaround of the century right there <laughs> um yeah so I've, I've been drinking my roses recently that's all i'm trying to say um so does it taste like cherry? Yeah, it's the, I would say it is, it's very strongly a green tea still, um, but it just kind of has this floral, cherry, fruity flavor like added to it. And it's not an overpowering flavor, which I think I most, I do appreciate greatly because I don't like something. I, I there's sometimes there's like green teas or cherry flavored things that are like too cherry. And this is not like that. This is like sort of a, a subtle, nice little, um, twist on green tea. Mm. I was going to say rose is one of those flavors that's very easy to go overboard with as anyone who's watched any top chef or master chef any anytime you watch any cooking show and they go for rose all of the judges are going to be like oh they better be careful with that rose. <laughs> um, I recently have been baking with lavender mm. extract but to be fair it's only going in my icing. Um, I do intend to find a recipe which actually use it in it, but I'm very worried about putting too much in it just tasting like a flower when I just want, you know, a hint of the lavender. Mm-hmm. I did that with some lemon bars, but I actually used uh, ground lavender, like um, dried. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really tasty, but yeah, it did have kind of that coming out of the oven, like, uh-oh, did I just make a, an edible flower? Mm-hmm. Um, but it mellowed out. The lemon kind of mellowed it out. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I was afraid of using dried lavender um, because of like the recipes I read. It was like, be careful. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to get some extract. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, very good for you guys baking. (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, as a follow-up listeners, I followed up my Earl Grey cupcakes with Earl Grey cookies. So. mm. Mm. Uh, Sounds good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that sounds delicious. 
they were good. Um, Matt, mm-hmm. Matt, hi. Hello. I, I know what my thoughts on your tea were when it was iced. I believe I said it was my cup of tea. It was, it was two for two cups of tea. I was also going to add that I'm pretty sure it was your cup of tea iced. So Matt, would you like to tell us if this Japanese sencha <laughs> it's a cherry uh, blossom green tea from the Brooklyn Botanical Garden is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Uh, sencha green tea. I think that makes it Chinese uh, sencha, but it's uh, just called Asian cherry blossom green tea, probably to not, <laughs> probably to get as many people drinking it as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think sencha's, mm, I could be wrong with that. I don't remember. Um, Anyways, is it your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Yeah, it's, it's my cup of tea. It's with my cup of tea iced. It's even better now that I have a nice hot one because oh, I love hot tea. Mm. We're getting in the season, by the way, guys. I love this. I get to go to a place and order my tea and they go iced, hot, iced. And I'm like, and I just sternly go hot. Give it to me hot. I don't care if it's mm. 90 degrees out. Give it to me hot. I'm the I, opposite. I always go iced. Yeah. Almost always. Um I don't know. I got these sensitive teeth. I, you know, I just like my hot tea. That's all I, that's all I like. I had, I did have an iced tea today earlier uh, with breakfast. And then I moved on to having two more hot teas later in the day. <laughs> uh, so yes, this is a positive podcast. We did it. Um, I walked to get an iced latte today. It was delicious. Hmm. An iced chai latte, Matt. Don't judge my consumption oh, of liquids i was judging it but i mine was also a chai latte and then i had a matcha latte and now i'm having this whoa i had a gatorade in between all of that that's why i went wild today i went rogue and had a gatorade <laughs> you're just throwing all sorts of liquids at your gut electrolyte tea it's not what that is <laughs> <laughs> i had a gatorade today too for the first time in a long time uh same i was so thirsty though i was like and it was after i had both the chai and the matcha. And I was like, I'm still thirsty. And I was like, how to fix this problem? I think I'll have a Gatorade. Haven't had a Gatorade in a long, 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 long time. Then we have to move on, but I need to know what flavor Gatorade did you have? Lemon lime. Uh, Is that yellow? It is yellow. I had the same Gatorade. This is fantastic news. Um, I know them specifically by color, (laughs) not by flavor, (laughs) but yellow is definitely one of the best Gatorade flavors there is. Um, um, I just want to say, uh, I have not had Gatorade. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say since like fifth grade. Um, but I am currently drinking out of my New York World's Fair glass, wow. lemon water, which is like Gatorade, lemon lime, <laughs> minus the electrolytes and the lime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only difference. Hey. You take out the lime and the electrolytes and you got yeah. what Emily's drinking. <laughs> and the salt, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I would say that is the end of Tea Talk. Tea Talk done? Tea Talk complete. All right, great. Um, ben, now uh, you've been holding tight-lipped uh, a, po- a podcast to- a topic. I don't know why I wanted to put the word podcast in there. A topic of some kind that Emily and I have not been made aware of yet now is the time though for you to tell us what that topic is for us to discuss all right my topic is 
blockbuster video. Wow. Whoa. Blockbuster video. Blast blockbuster video. Yeah, you know, I worked there for five years from 2005 to 2010. The first job I ever had, uh, became a manager, saw the ups, the downs, the, you know, parallel lines, however <laughs> many shapes you want to throw at Blockbuster, I saw it, um, except for, you know, the, the VHS Be Kind Rewind days. I was a little late for that. Um, but, you know, to this day, it's still one of my favorite jobs. The uh, documentary made me cry. Um, so the, the, the I want to talk last about Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah. The documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, where did the Blockbuster, where was the Blockbuster you worked at? So I grew up in a town called Weathersfield, Connecticut. Um, so it was in Weathersfield, Connecticut. Uh, although Blockbuster was one of those jobs where they would bar you out to different stores in the area. So I also worked at the Cromwell Blockbuster and the Rocky Hill Blockbuster and the Glastonbury Blockbuster. If any Hartford County peeps got, are out there. Um, I think I, we got some Connecticut fans, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask a question. Um, so uh, one of our loyal listeners is my friend Katie who lives in Danbury, Connecticut, and she's Ooh. from Ridgefield. Where is this? In relation to those two places. <laughs> this is important. North. It's pretty much okay. smack dab in the middle of Connecticut and scooch north. Um, okay. So if, if you're familiar with like Hartford to Springfield, like how you have to go through Hartford to get to Springfield or get to Boston or any of that from New York. Um, you, that I lived a town south of Hartford. Hmm. Okay. I'm intimately aware of this, uh, this bus route. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So you might have gone through my hometown because the highway runs right through it. Um, but yeah, there were um, a lot of blockbusters within like every town surrounding my town had its own blockbuster. Um, okay, I want to backtrack a little bit. So you started working at one in 2005. But mm-hmm. I assume that that's not your childhood experience with blockbuster Ooh. so why don't why don't we start what was it like going to blockbuster as a kid because i have i have fond memories <laughs> oh absolutely yeah me too and i would relish the days where blockbuster was on the itinerary like let's go if there was a video game in play like at that point when blockbuster started pulling video games in man i could not be happier um but it seemed like in Connecticut, every single blockbuster was next to a pizza place. So it was always pizza and movie night. So it just couldn't get any sweeter than that combination. Um, and also I was kind of like a latchkey kid. So I was very much raised by media, like, you know, TV and movies and stuff. So I was consuming movies and TV shows and, and all that kind of stuff in, in bunches. So blockbuster was huge for me. And before I started working there, um, I actually had family that worked there. My mom worked at a Blockbuster um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, her then fiance worked at a Blockbuster for a little while. And if you want to, you know, draw the line that maybe there was a little nepotism in my hiring at Blockbuster. Wow. I'd hate to say you're right. Yeah, (laughs) there was. You know, my first job, I got through nepotism. So I think it's fine. Wow, you guys cheating the system. <laughs> I had to work hard for my first job. <laughs> okay, Eagle Scout. 
Um, my cousin Adam got me a job at Buffalo Wild Wings where he managed. Wow. Oh. So. Wow. Um, 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 okay. So, so you grew up going there. Um, I also grew up going to, to a blockbuster. We would go there not every Friday, but lots of Fridays. Sometimes we'd get like popcorn or a snack. Sometimes mm. if I had a friend staying over, we would go and we could pick out one movie. And then as a family, we'd pick out one movie. <laughs> and we definitely did get some Be Kind Rewind VHSs. Um, I, there was the kids section that I was very fond of. Um, I got, it was right next to the Joanne Fabrics. It is now a mattress store in Lancaster, Ohio. The former Blockbuster video is now a mattress store. Uh, yeah, my old store is is now like a cosmetic shop. So it's sad. It's sad going by blockbusters and seeing what they are now. One's a restaurant. One's a yeah. And I'll I'll get to more detail on the closings of stores later. But I kind of want to hear Matt. What what was your history with blockbuster? Oh, um, I'll say growing uh, young, young me. Uh, I don't think I had a blockbuster when I was really young. I did rent movies from this other place uh that was just like a one-off place like it wasn't a chain um called austin video i will say there's it's um it used so there's a it's there's uh i'm from massachusetts where they sell beer and wine and liquor in package stores um mm-hmm. uh that's how the they packy yeah the packy that's how they sell them uh and the biggest one in my hometown is this place called Austin Liquors, which is like the size of a grocery store on its own and just full of wine and alcohol and whatnot and beer. And um, and it's still to this day where I will go if I go home to buy stuff like that. Um, and they had a place called Austin Video right next to it. And it closed because video stores were not stopping being a thing. And they wanted to turn it into their like can redemption center. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the downfall of my video store when I was a kid. Oof, I'd um, say that's definitely the biggest salt in the wound of what's <laughs> what replaced our video store. Yeah, it was just more of the liquor store. Uh, but then they did there did be uh, a blockbuster did open up. Um, and mainly I just know the one I think it was the one that I would like go to. And I I would rent video games and movies for sure. Um, and uh, I think I was more of a video game renter because like that was more interesting to me when I was a kid was to be able to try some video game out. But we did get movies. And as I, when I got older, like when I was in high school, I guess, like uh, when we started doing like movie nights with friends, like then, yeah, we'd go to this one blockbuster because it was also like, it's it was pretty centralized. It was a good place to like meet up. <laughs> it was also next to a restaurant that we could like eat at and then go rent a movie and then go to someone's house and watch it or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I've many, many times went to a blockbuster. And then I will add that I later, when everyone started getting Netflix mail home DVDs, I had the blockbuster mail home DVD thing. So I used to like rent movie or like, yeah, get the mail sent, sent to your apartment or dorm or whatever. <laughs> yeah, blockbuster online. Oh, uh, brings me back. There yeah, was a I, point where I had that and Netflix and the free rentals from Blockbuster all at the same time. So I was having like 12 movies at my (laughs) house at once. It's excessive. The getting them mailed to you, I thought was like, I actually think, and I guess you can still do that because I just found out someone still does it with like Netflix. Um, But I kind of, the one way I miss that is like, 
if you get a movie sent to you, you're going to watch it because then you have to send it back to get a new movie. Where like now the the choices are so unlimited that sometimes mm. it's like daunting and you just like watch nothing. <laughs> you're like, uh, I can't make up my mind. So I'm just going to watch uh, this old episode of The Simpsons that I liked or whatever. <laughs> my roommates in college, they originally got us Netflix, but mostly because she wanted the like to get the movies sent to yeah, us. Boom. And I was like never a part of that because I was like, well, I just want to watch TV. Um, I'm very committed to not watching movies for a long time. Um, But I I remember those, the the like little Netflix sleeves floating around our house. You could do it with TV shows too. You could. I know, but uh, I I was never my, that was never what I was here for. Yeah. Mm. I just, I like new people who watch like the Sopranos that way. And they just got like the DVDs mailed to them. But like you could watch like, you know, six, six seasons, six episodes of the first season. Then you had to like mail it back. And then you have to like also be strategic about it. So you didn't get like three DVDs that were just like all like different uh, DVDs of the Sopranos or whatever. Like you'd kind of want to like space them out. So you'd have like the first disc of the Sopranos. Then you'd have like a move, like two movies. Mm. Cause it's not really worth it having all three of the, because you have to watch the TV shows, uh, you know, in order or whatever. <laughs> so if you had all of them, if all of the ones you had out were just that, then you just didn't have any movies to watch. <laughs> I didn't, I guess I wasn't aware you could do three at a time. I mm-hmm. thought it was just a one, a one in, one out. I think when it started, everyone was three. And then they made like a cheaper tier where like you could just mm-hmm. have the one movie. And at Blockbuster, now that I remember it, if you had the Blockbuster online, instead of mailing them back, you could bring the envelope to the store and get a rental out from the store like for free. Yep. That was a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that is a good segue to Ben. I would like you to tell us, you can tell us about your hiring, although it sounds like nepotism was involved, <laughs> um, but your role at Blockbuster Video. Sure. Um, so I got hired as, you know, customer service rep or whatever they wanted to call it, CSR. At the time, part-time, you know, kid, I was still in high school. Um, so, you know, the the regular duties you would expect from a Blockbuster employee, stock the candy, do the returns, uh, you know, may, clean up. May I ask how old you were when you got this job? Yes, um, I was 17. Okay. Um, so it was my first job. I was just a senior in high school. Um, I had maybe done like, you know, mowing lawns or whatever before that and babysitting, but like a job job where you get a paycheck. Um, where they take and, taxes out <laughs> yeah exactly where I curse at something I don't understand at that age um, <laughs> but yeah I would you know basically learn the the point of sale system and it was so archaic it was like MS-DOS level uh, in fact watching the documentary seeing their computers it, it was the same at the last blockbuster as it was when I started um, But yeah, I mean, I moved up eventually. I kind of like moved up to a management position because I was there for five years and they didn't really have a lot of uh, viable candidates towards the end there. People weren't (laughs) applying for Blockbuster. I got to get out of here. I got to get off the sinking ship. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at one point being a manager meant, uh, especially because our store, this is a little bit of wrinkle uh, for the specific store that I worked at, was the training store for management across the state. So if you wanted to be a manager of a Blockbuster at any store in Connecticut, you had to come to our store. There was one other one in like Tolland or something, but most people would come to ours. And you would get trained by us, including myself, on how to be a manager. And I can tell you, 
it doesn't take much. <laughs> a lot of the people that would come and train, they didn't grasp it. They didn't retain it. And they did just fine. Um, that being said, uh, it also meant once stores started closing, you know, when, when a store would close, they would announce it to the team and half the team would quit. You know, you're not going to stay on a team where it's just a sinking ship. Right. So, a lot of times they would borrow us out the managers from other stores to go in and close those stores. So <laughs> they'd be like, Hey, do you want to work in Cromwell next week and closing their store all week and be the only person on shift from like nine to nine. And <laughs> like somebody comes in at five and closes the store, but you're only there, you know, and, and basically just watch the store dwindle and watch the light go out in all the people's eyes that walk into this store. <laughs> so at that point, can I ask about yeah. closing? Cause I do remember walking past the blockbuster closing. Mm. Like, were you still renting out videos or was it for sale? Like your everything's for sale. Like what was a, there was a transition period. So they would let customers know, well ahead of time that it was closing and so any rentals outlying would either have to be returned or would have to be converted to sales because if you didn't return a disc uh, a movie they just sell it to you they just forced you to buy it um do they yeah, have your like credit card on file or no so they didn't charge automatically so if basically you ducked out blockbuster and had a bunch of fees i'm not sure that they ever got to them <laughs> So, you, yeah, you might just be off the hook. Um, yeah, because they're not just going to, it's not like a recurring thing. We didn't have like a terms and conditions where okay. like we can recharge you anytime we want. Um, but yeah, at some point it did go completely sale. And I'm not just talking about the movies mm-hmm. and the games. They sold the stanchions. Sold the they sold the registers, the gumball machines, the microwave in the break room. <laughs> Everything was for sale. And it was so wild because you'd have people coming in and asking about like, Hey, how much you selling the, you know, the blockbuster sign for, I'm like, how I'm not qualified to answer this question. <laughs> Listen, sir, you don't want to start your own blockbuster. We're all going under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just want it for my basement. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Although I had a bunch of blockbuster stuff in my basement. That was one perk was I just got all this free memorabilia. Like, you know, those stickers that they would put on the windows. Yes. Because I had to stick them up and peel them down. If there was one that I liked, I would actually like keep it and see if I could stick it on a wall or something like an original fat head, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so I had the super bad trio in my basement on the wall for a really long time. Uh, Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, and, and I forget his name. Christopher Mintz Plass, I think is his name. Um, I think that's they're uh, giant, ginormous, like basically, I want to say four by four feet uh, heads. As soon as you walk into my basement of my old family house, like there they are. <laughs> were they were they backwards to you? Because like in my memory, you put them on the inside of the window so they're facing out. Right. Um, no, so at this store they weren't. They were okay. outside because we had an awning. Um, okay. So everything was was outside. Um, so yeah, you just stick them, stick them right on. 
Um, but sometimes it would be too big for the window. So you'd have to get like two pieces and, and like cut it and have the, <laughs> have the frame of the window go through someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> and decide, oh, do we do it between the eyes? Do we want to keep Ooh. both eyes to the left side or? <laughs> um, that's, very, that's fun. That's a fun thing to have. <laughs> yeah. The power to for split somebody's head in half on a blockbuster window. One of my friends, um, I don't know how this exactly happened, but I think she worked at Barnes and Noble. And it was when either Red or 1989 was on sale. Um, and she got me a Taylor Swift cardboard cutout. Oh, nice. Which is really exciting. Yeah, in me. the blockbuster vein of things. I had a friend who used to set up the things in movie theaters that were like stands, standees in movie theaters and would like keep the good ones. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. They were small enough. Sometimes those are way too big. <laughs> yeah, I had the uh, I had Batman and the Joker from the Dark Knight. Ooh. Those were the only ones I kept. And I put them. So imagine you're walking into this basement <laughs> <laughs> and you just see these giant heads of the super bad people looking really incredibly awkward. And then you turn the corner and there's the joker just staring at you almost life-size and then batman's in the corner like in pitch black like mm -hmm. oh okay i think this sounds like a very cool basement i gotta say yeah you know and i was a musician as well so there was like half of a drum set and like guitars hanging everywhere and you know so it was like oh okay this this basement smells like an adolescent boy <laughs> interesting um <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't have to put that detail in there but <laughs> i just wanted to give you a multi-sensory um, experience so you're you're being shipped out to other stores mm -hmm. to close them and they're selling everything i think that's where we left off left yeah. off on the core of the story well you know it i will say that's kind of like it's almost like i'm doing in media res where it's like how did we get here? How did we get to closing these stores? Because there were so many great memories and so many great things about working there. But, you know, the crappy part is the end when you have to go into somebody else's store and essentially, you know, watch all the employees go, what am I supposed to do? And especially because of the store that I was working from was the last one to close. In fact, I left before they closed. But, you know, there was a lot of really good times. You know, I met some really great friends there. Um, but the best part of it to me was the regulars, you know, you get to know people, you get to know their tastes. You got these movie pass members where they're taking two out, swapping them for another two, like a couple times a week. And you have these really great conversations with people about movies. And that's my job. Like I love movies. So that being my job was really, really cool. And something a lot of people don't know is before the movies would come out, we would have them at Blockbuster. So before they got released on the new release wall, we would have them so we know when they come out, what they're about, how they are, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was like a little inside perk. Hey, I'm going to watch The Departed two weeks early, although it was in theaters. <laughs> um, so you had regulars mm -hmm. and you would be recommending, you could recommend them movies. Did you ever have a customer tell you like, you've got to see? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I can't. All pull out movies. a movie, Emily, pull out a movie. <laughs> I was going to say The Departed, but that was already been said. And then I, 
I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. Ratatouille. Let's go Ratatouille. Ooh, Ratatouille. There's also That's... a rat into Departed, so that works out. <laughs> Famous rat. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, when I first started there, I knew about movies, but I didn't like know, know about movies. I also went to film school like at the same time. So I got way too obsessed about movies during this period of time. But when I first started working there, it was actually an employee who took me under their wing and was like, what? You never watched Stanley Kubrick? We got to get you on that. And like threw, threw me in under the, you know, um, under his wings or whatever. But there was one customer who kept telling me that we needed to carry this movie called Blood Car. Why don't you carry this movie called Blood Car? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Sorry, we can't order it. It doesn't look like it exists in our system. And he's like, I'm going to find a copy of this movie. I'm going to bring it into you. You're going to watch it and you're going to you're going to love it. And you're going to tell your boss to put it on the shelf. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, cool, man, whatever. And so he brought it in. And this movie was, you know, the details evade me a little bit, but it was bonkers absolutely bonkers it was like post-apocalyptic dystopian future where cars run on blood so people are like is, where does the blood car come in <laughs> exactly yeah i mean it's just like it sounds so there's, there's more blood than gasoline so they just switched uh products yeah it, it's like mad max but a little more murderous i guess but it went into like some really really gritty dark and gross things that i on my brain has blocked out and i was like Dude, you know this is never going to get on the shelf. It's like NC-17. So, yeah, there were definitely people on all ends of the of the recommendation spectrum of people like genuinely wanting me to learn about movies and people just like, be twisted with me. You know, what you... This is... I, I'm like... I've never thought very hard about why Blockbuster closed. Like, I've never put too much mm. thought into this. But it's kind of funny because I what... I used to go to Blockbuster. I never really thought of it as as like a like a hip place to be. Like I didn't get like connections with you know any of the salespeople. Maybe they were just. I always just assumed it was just some job people did. Um, where like you know there are like smaller rental places that I can imagine um, was more conducive. Like Blockbuster feels like a place that a lot of people just got a job at. Whereas like if you just went to whatever random video store, it was probably someone more more likely they were probably more passionate about movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like, I guess like, I wonder, I wonder if Blockbuster really like screwed themselves up by trying to become more mainstream when really they could have just like went more independent because like, for example, record stores, which is something that's probably equally got punished by, um, you know, the internet um, to Blockbuster. Like, but there's, there still are like record stores and people go to them to be snobby at them. You know, that's like mm-hmm. the, 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 the in is like, Oh, I have a place I can be snobby about music. Whereas like you could still have a video rental store where people can go in and be snobs about music, but blockbuster, you know, eventually just became the place where it was like, you know, I remember like that you'd go in and they would just have this wall that was like the new release wall. And they'd have like 50 copies of like whatever the big movie like just came out was. But I wonder if that actually like, turned these snobby people away or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's not really a question, but what do you think about what I just said? <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's very interesting because there was definitely a, a healthy mix of that indie store vibe employee wise mm-hmm. in that like I took the movies and the recommendations and the content of the job very seriously. And I wanted to make sure I did provide that type of experience for people. But there were plenty of people where it was just a job and they didn't watch any of the movies and they didn't care. 
they should have let you wear whatever you want because they had unif blue it was like blue shirts or something yeah i think if they let you guys be more human-like you would have been seen more approachable because like when i like the last thing i ever want to do when i go to a store is talk to anyone who works there like <laughs> unless i'm like completely lost like I'm just like, I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to figure my st stuff out. But like, if I knew you were like, even if you were in like a t-shirt that was like of a cool movie or something or a band even, it'd be like, oh, what are you into? You'd seem like a real person. I'd be like, okay, interacting with about movie recommendations. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because they almost got there. Like at one point they did change the aesthetic to like a t-shirt, but they still made you wear khakis and still made you tuck it in. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody with khakis or tucked in shirts. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. I, I'm the same way, especially having worked in retail. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk to the employees because I know they're getting paid the same thing, whether they talk to me or not, unless it's commission. So why bother them when I can just figure it out on my own? And um yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying with the the sort of like mom and pop video stores and, and how that might have brought it out. But I think, you know, there were plenty of people that would still go to Blockbuster because it was at some points the only option for movies and still have that experience of like, hey, I'm not into the mainstream stuff. Recommend me something that's like in this vein. And that would still happen like it would at a, at a mom and pop. But I think what, what ended it was really just them failing to buy Netflix and them bringing back late fees and just mismanaging all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have two things I want to say about Blockbuster. Is when I was telling my story about going there earlier, I was trying to think of the movie that I got so many times. I feel like I got Angels in the Outfield so many times from Blockbuster. <laughs> um, it's apparently a movie I really liked. <laughs> Good old Christopher Lloyd. You were a big Christopher Lloyd fan. I, I don't even know. I just remember getting at least three times. I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I, young rent, Emily, I can't I would, speak to her. Okay. I would rent the same video game a bunch. Like I remember renting turtles and Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, like a bunch mm. of times to the point where like, I should have just had my parents buy it or whatever, but I just kept renting it anyways. I did honestly, as a kid, I don't, I don't have a con. I didn't have a concept of what it meant to like rent the same thing a bunch. Like, <laughs> Uh, now I do. Now I get it. Um, yeah. And then, Ben, I want to go back to something you said where they brought back late fees, how they waived late fees. Mm. Yeah. So there was a period of time where there were no late fees. And that was like the golden era because now it was a terrible idea business wise and probably contributed to them going under. But people would come in happy and people would come in like, hey, no worries, carefree. Here's my movie. I returned it, blah, blah, blah. But the moment they brought them back, the whole vibe changed. And that was when it started going downhill. People would come in with a problem, assuming that they were going to run into a problem. So people would stop coming in like with smiles on their faces and like looking for an experience and now coming in with a gripe and looking to kind of, you know, figure out what's wrong. Like, I'm coming here. What, what are you going to charge me for? You know what I mean? What, yeah. what, what am I going to walk into this time? And I get it, but it's it had been that way for so long and then there was a short period of time where you could get away with it and then they they're like oops no no we can't do that so yeah that was kind of a weird and and very i remember the yeah. meeting where they announced it i got very upset that they were bringing them back yeah that seems kind of like a dumb idea like i do like getting rid of them is a sounds like a huge like i honestly think that sounds like a good idea 
like because because i guess like the just the only thing you don't let them do is like rent out like if you can't like keep renting things and keep them mm-hmm. so it's like oh you can't rent a new thing till you bring the old thing back that seems fine because mm-hmm. then because at least then like like it's yeah maybe you do lose some revenue but i i agree i mean people are now like they can come back and you know like oh, nobody's going to like look me up on the computer and tell me I owe $50 or whatever. Like that's, a, you don't want dread. You don't want your business to cause dread for people. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah, for sure. I, I 100% agree. And I knew that's where it was heading as soon as they said it. And I was very upset. And, you know, yeah, as far as if it was a nail in the coffin, bringing it back, I don't know exactly what it was, but the documentary gets a lot more into that. So I would definitely recommend watching that. Um. I'm going to have to look up this documentary, but I do want to ask you when you as an employee realized it was going down, like what was the first sign? Well, they changed CEOs like twice in one year. That was a bad sign. Um, And then like candy stopped coming as frequently. Um, They started (laughs) cheaping out on like the, the toilet paper quality in the bathroom started going down. So it was a lot of little signs, but the biggest thing was the first announcement of a store closing. And they were like, no, we just have too many. You know how it's like, no, it's not, it's not a big deal. We just, you know, it's too dense. We got to diversify or, or unsaturate or whatever. But no, that was very apparent that this was going to become a trend because we already knew that they didn't buy Netflix. We already knew that you know, they bought Hollywood video and, and put them out of business instead of buying Netflix and actually becoming the conglomerate that they could have been. What, a, what an interesting what if situation is if Blockbuster had bought, bought Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Would they be like Oscar winning production house? You know what I mean? Like Netflix is producing movies that are Oscar quality, whatever that is, you know, but is, would Blockbuster have their name on movies like that? Would they be yeah. in that game? It's it seems like yes, they had, you know, the know-how and the elbow grease, but they failed. Yeah. That kicking yourself for that one, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know that we're running short on time, but I do want to ask you to to sweep away the negativity because this is a positive <laughs> podcast. Yes. And what is your favorite memory of working at Blockbuster Video? Oh favorite memory. That's that's tough because there's so many good ones that come to mind. But I remember we invented this game um, called uh, it was either lock golf or uh, yellow lock golf or something like that. But the DVD cases, when you would snap them shut, there would be a little slot in them. I don't know if anybody remembers like the, the locks that would go into DVD cases. So if you pulled it off a shelf, you can't open them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's those little yellow things that come out with a magnet. Well, mm-hmm. those <laughs> you have to have one for every movie in the store pretty much. So we had a ton of them. So what we would do is we would take the, um, the garbage bin, like a small garbage bin and put it somewhere in the store. And from the registers while there were no customers or when it was slow, we would use a rubber band to shoot the locks across the store and whoever could get it into the bin in the least amount of shots won. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was a great memory, but we had a district manager walk in on us one time do that. So that was, a, <laughs> but it was so much fun. And we, you know, it was a bunch of goofballs, you know, hanging out and talking movies. And, and I just, I can't say enough how much that formed, like kind of my tastes and my, 
you know, social sort of um, references and all that kind of thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, it sounds, I mean, any of those one, any of those jobs that make you feel like you're part of a little club is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, how much theft was there? Were people stealing DVDs constantly or was it pretty, like, was it too easy to track? It was, it was dependent on the store. Um, so there were some stores that were like right next to a highway or, or, you know, kind of like in a dimly lit corner of a, of a complex or something that would definitely get more, as they call it, shrink um, than other stores. Would uh, anybody ever just turn in a, a movie with no, the no DVD inside of it? Oh yeah. And they would give the, cause we would check and they'd give the excuse. Oh, I must've forgot it or something like that. And it's like, no, you want to keep the movie. And sometimes, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was an honest mistake every once in a while, but there was one incident where somebody, uh, turned in a movie pass movie which you hand to the employees you don't drop in the return bin you hand to the employee while you hand them the new movies and instead of a disc of a movie there was a porn disc <laughs> and like not like just the title of a porn disc but an actual image yeah yeah hmm. and i was like oh you you might want to take that back <laughs> Um, ah, poor person who gave that in and they were a regular too and they were a regular too Whoops. so i was like i use secret safe with me bro always put your discs in the case they came in <laughs> <laughs> exactly um okay uh do you have anything you wanted else you want to get or do you feel uh complete with your uh your reminiscing <laughs> it feels good i feel good about it i mean good. honestly i could talk about it for a really long time but i don't want to you know, uh, bombard you with blockbuster memories. Although sure. I do feel like we hit all of the marks that um, I think of when I think of working there. Yes. Um, can you tell for the listeners, me, um, what is the name of that documentary? The Last Blockbuster. The Last Blockbuster. Oh. How can I watch Last Blockbuster? <laughs> Pretty sure it's on Netflix or one of the Ooh. streaming platforms or Amazon or something like that. Yeah, tough stuff is, for Blockbuster if it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is on Netflix, which is really, really harsh. Like, oh, the last one, huh? They're still open? Oh, <laughs> oh poor guys. But it is really good. I would recommend it. Uh, I mean, good on them for selling the rights to it, maybe, or whatever, to Netflix. I don't know how that worked. It is on Netflix, I can confirm. Um. All right. Well, um, thank you, Ben, for bringing this wonderful topic to us, Blockbuster Video. Made me think of my own childhood. Wow. I'm happy um, I could uh, access that for you. Wow. Tugging all those heartstrings. Um, ben, do you have anything you'd like to uh, let our listeners know about? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I have a new album out called Faces on Trees. In fact, it's under the artist name Faces on Trees. And the album name is Faces on Trees, just so that way when I talk about it, I can say it a million times. Wow. Um, Self-titled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Self-titled of an artist name that's not my name. Uh, so it's a little sure. confusing, but I wanted to give this its own lane that's not just Ben Tomasetti, you know. Um, but you can find it anywhere. Music is streaming, you know, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, Last.fm, Bandcamp. Actually, Bandcamp, I would recommend. Go on Bandcamp. Buy it for however much it's on there for. Um, that, that actually goes to artists for the most part, where when you stream it, it doesn't. Um, and then, you know, if you're in the mood for something else I've made, 
Uh, look up G's, the best of G's by the band G's featuring the song G's. Um, again, is, is G's spelled G E E Z? I'm so glad that you asked because it is not. It is with a J, J E E Z exclamation point. G's, G's, ah, like wham, like wham. That's a comedy album I made with a good friend of mine, Kevin, where it is a parody of those bands from the 70s slash 80s that never had a hit, but somehow you still know who they are and they think that they're a big deal. So check <laughs> those two things out and follow me wherever you want to follow me. It's Ben Tomasetti everywhere. There you go. Uh, Emily, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I just want to confirm that this comes out on the 20th. Uh, yeah. Um, on May 24th, um, my Armory Lightning team, we just met, will be performing on uh, via Zoom um, on the, you can watch it on the Armory Theater's Facebook page at seven. Wow. Um, very nice. Fun. Yep. Fun fact about we just met, I actually met two of them for the first time yesterday. Wow. Very nice. Um, uh, so now it's official. You have just met, um, yeah. Matt, Matt, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, I sure do. Um, interestingly, I have a show, uh, at six o'clock on May 24th, but I'm not going to plug that to anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just plugged it, but I didn't say where, I didn't see where I didn't tell anyone where it was or what it is. Uh, but incidentally, I will plug that I have a new, my latest sketch video, comedy video on YouTube. It's called moving sale. Uh, which I believe on last episode, we tried, uh, Emily and I had a little discussion of what I was going to call it. I did not call it anything that got brought up here. <laughs> um, but it's on uh, youtube.com slash Matthew Armando. And uh, it's called Moving Sale. Uh, check it out and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. <laughs> um, okay. I've watched it. Oh, you have? Have you? I have. I even liked it. Did you like it, like it, or did you like just click the like button? I, I believe I liked it on YouTube. But do you I, actually like it is all I'm saying. Like, was oh. that a favor or are you actually, you know? <laughs> I did like it. Wow. Um, and I also was like, I know that chair in your couch, in your house. I was like, cause when you were talking about the chair I actually thought you were talking about the chair that you were sitting on in the sketch. You're, I don't know what they're called. They're like, it's my disc chair. The one Your I'm disc chair. That's what I thought the sketch was going to be about, but mm -hmm. it wasn't about that. It was about that little dining chair, which I have sat in. Wow. Um, it's a good chair. In fact, I, the whole, the sketch is a little mean poking fun at this chair, but I have recently gotten to use it. I've been using the chair more. Like I, uh, it's actually a good chair. You can sit cross-legged in this chair because it's like a big enough seat and there's no arm rest. So I will like sit crisscross applesauce on this chair and play video games. And I feel like a little kid. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't have the uh, energy to be looking up from the floor, crisscross applesauce at my TV, but I will sit in this chair elevated eye height to my TV. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm not, the chair is not really for sale, even though the video would imply that it is. Um, well, I think that's everything, right? <laughs> uh, ben, thank you for being our guest. Ben, thank uh, you so much me. for joining us on Zoom. Yes. I, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank No, thank you. I insist you take our thanks. Um, 
If you are not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so by going on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, going to tbdpodcast.com. I don't do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and uh, make sure you follow us on social media, TBD Podcast on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And send us any emails to tbdpodcast at gmail.com. Anyways, I've been Matt Armando. I've been Ellie Riggins. And this has been TBD. With Madame Lee. Bye.